And of course, at this time of the morning, what are we focusing on? It's parenting. It's realizing the full potential of um, the young ones, of the children in our care. And helping us do all of that is Nikki Bush, uh, speaker, author, human potential expert and parenting expert. Morning, Nikki. Trust you well. Good. Good morning, Rufiwe. So today, Nikki, you're, t- you're helping us take a look at how to support your child in catching up uh, developmental delays. Sounds like a daunting prospect, but um, support and patience, I guess, go a very, very long way. Uh, why a focus on developmental delays? Are we, at this point, hypercognizant of the fact that all these things are to be found in a lot of children because of these two years of stop-start schooling or, you know, social isolation, whatever it might be. Absolutely, Rufiwe, and I'm, I'm talking about this today because I've been in contact with quite a number of teachers over the past week or two, and I've even visited a preschool, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting to actually look at these little ones as they were running around and, um, you know, socializing to see how different they are to previous generations. It's actually, you can see it. Mm. Um, it's visual. And so, I, you know, with this feedback, I just wanted to share some of the things that are being picked up at school. And they include things like, you know, on the emotional level, children are very, very needy. They've spent a lot of time, you know, alone at home, not with other children. And so they have no idea of group dynamics. So being back at school full time, particularly for these very littleies and in this preschool, what I was looking at is a generation of children who were born during lockdown. Of course, yeah. And, and it really is interesting. So there's a lot of me, 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 me. And if I don't want to do something, it's just a no. And they don't want to engage in anything. And of course, these children have been alone and watching a lot of television. So there's two groups of children on the emotional side or two, two sides of the continuum. The one is uh, the child who is very loud and demanding attention. Um, and there's the other side of the continuum of a lot of fear of human beings so i don't want to focus a lot on these particular areas i'd rather focus on the the physical developmental areas today but i think suffice to say that if your child has gone back to school as you said right at the beginning a little bit of time and encouragement Mm. and they're going to settle, but they're going to take a little longer to settle than they would have otherwise. Mm. So just the fact that they've gone back to school or if you have a preschooler, that you've given them the gift of being in a preschool, um, that in itself is going to resolve some of these issues. So let's make sure our children get as much socialization as they can Uh, something that we can do as families at home is on a weekend choose to socialize with another family at least once Mm -hmm. whether that is meeting at zoo lake and going for a walk or a cycle together and feeding the ducks where it's more than just you and your family um, or whether it is having another family around for a braai on a sunday 
that will give your children another another experience of being part of a group, so of managing themselves in a group. Being being very intentional about socialization of your children um, and not you know, being cognizant of the fact that it's not just going to happen successfully um, at school, especially after this break or not having had it at all. Um, yeah, these COVID babies really have had it tough. They so- have had it tough. <laughs> I was no. talking to a, t- a grade one teacher who was saying, you know, she worries about what these two years of uh, children who started within grade one and she's masked up and they're masked up and she's really she, it's a it's a combination of worry but also curiosity about you know what are the sort of impacts and long-term effects of these little ones just not having had a teacher whose mouth they can look at as she yeah. talks and enunciates but you know also just reading emotions and all those lovely things never 100%. mind enunciation and speech and projection yeah. Well, we're going to get on to speech, but the one final thing I'd like to say about the socialization is remember that as parents, you are a role model for your child, Mm. and your child needs to see you comfortably socializing with other people too, and that will also give them confidence that it's okay. Uh, I think the worst case scenario that I heard was a baby born in lockdown, and the first time they were taken out of the house was end of last year and they were taken for their childhood vaccinations. So that child has now connected people with pain. Mm, And you see the connection joining the dots psychologically for that child is that strangers bring pain. So there are different things that different families are going to have to overcome. And we need to do this in as normal away as possible with as less stress as possible. So let's go on to what you were talking about, which was the speech delays because of masks. Yeah. Give us give us a sense of what yeah what else is showing up uh, in these children, and also Nikki, if if these are issues or problems that have been identified um, uh, by a range, a cohort of teachers as well, and pe- education specialists. Yes, so I was chatting to a grade one uh, teacher and um, I was also chatting to some remedial therapists and we're seeing three things that are coming up very, very big. Uh, Speech delays, Mm -hmm. low muscle tone and short-sightedness. So those three things are coming up loud and clear. And first up, I want to say that what we need to do with our kids is fun activities and the focus here is on fun and I'm going to share some really practical things you can do with your kids to help them to switch their body on Mm -hmm. okay and we must always remember that the body is the architect of the brain so movement in these early years right up to the age of around seven is vital in order to switch on all these processes that are going to help our children to speak well, to hold their body up against gravity, to actually do good, clean movements. And so this brain-body connection is huge. And a lovely line I want parents to remember is this, that thoughts that never possess the body never possess the mind. Mm. Everything starts in the body. <laughs> so you can't get a, a, you know, a two-year-old or a five-year-old to intellectualize balance and posture yeah. and things like that and muscle tone. You just have to get them to do stuff. So they are going to be doing some of the stuff at school, but at home, we need to reinforce 
some of this, especially on the speech side, if teachers and children are still wearing masks at school. At home, you're going to have to be really intentional with the speech stuff because now they can see you and mirroring is a very, very big part of learning how to speak properly. And what I noticed and what teachers brought my attention to as well when I was walking around the school, but it was just so apparent uh, to me. The first thing I noticed was how many children were walking around with their mouths open. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That is low muscle tone in the mouth. Now, when it comes to speech, we are looking at four things. It's the way the mouth, the cheeks, the lips, and the tongue work together. And that low tone mouth position is something you need to nip in the bud quite quickly because it's going to impact on how children actually formulate their letters, their sounds, and their words. So some of the fun things that you need to do, let's um, use bubbles, bubble blowing. Okay, bubbles, you know, just those cheap little bubbles. Go and buy yourself a couple of bottles of those and get your children to blow bubbles as often as possible. You know, what a speech therapist is going to do is work on things like sucking, swallowing, Mm -hmm. breathing, and tongue position. So things like using a straw. So, you know, when you go and get your milkshakes and stuff when you get a a fast food takeaway. Sure. Keep the straws or just go and buy yourself a packet of straws at your local supermarket. A straw with a cotton wool ball is such fun because your child can chase that ball around with the straw in their mouth, blowing the ball of cotton wool along the passage floor. Or you can play games of blowing the the cotton wool ball across the table to each other. Mm. And that's fun, you know, but what is it doing? It's strengthening the mouth, the cheeks, the lips, and the tongue. Any kind of whistle, and I know this sounds a little bit irritating, (laughs) because whistles can be irritating, but find different kinds of whistles. And there are some really fun things that you can find, even those party favors. You know, the one where you blow it and that little goodie goes, you know, uh, moves out like a chameleon's tongue. I can't remember what it is. A kazoo, yeah. Yeah, there we go, kazoo. Mm -hmm. Even those um, help your children because the way a child's mouth will close on that kazoo is bigger than a straw. So it's going to set up the foundation for a different sound, like your O sound, Mm. okay? Um, And anything that they can blow is going to strengthen their mouths and all the parts of of the the, um, speech system. Then a tongue depressor, you know what the doctor will use when they're saying, now say ah. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Or um, when you next have um, an ice lolly, keep those tongue depressors. Because what you need to do is help your children to push down on the tongue depressor. So put it under their tongue and they must now press down with their tongue. Put it on top of their tongue and they must press up with their tongue. Put it on the side of their tongue, left and right, and they have to push against that tongue depressor. depressor. So that's called hide and seek with a tongue depressor. Depressor, yeah. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Things like... um, um, blowing bubbles of air from one side of the cheek to the other side. So from cheek to cheek, you know, when you fill your cheek with air, Mm -hmm. if your child, teach your child how to move the air from one cheek to the other cheek, those are really, really important exercises. And then things like, um, you can have fun with this, 
you know, as a speaker, and I'm not sure about you if you're emceeing, whether you do any warm-ups, speech warm-ups beforehand. But mm-hmm. speakers do things like, me, 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 ma, 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 me, 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 me. Stuff like that is fun to do with children. Um, and it also warms them up. So baby talk, it could be things like, ta, 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 da, 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 na, 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 na. It uses different parts of the visual system. Lovely. So all of these things will help your child, and there's so many more. And if you just Google um, these kinds of activities, I'm sure you're going to find many of them. But when you're in the car, when they're in the bath, you know, these are times to practice these things and make it fun, like with the sounds, you know, and then children will enjoy it more. <laughs> Now, the incidence of short-sightedness, are teachers and uh, educationalists finding perhaps it's increased or worried about the prevalence of this? Yes, we're definitely seeing, seeing more and more young children in glasses. And when I just look around at children, I was sitting in a, a restaurant the other day, um, and I was looking at how close children are holding cell phones and iPads and tablets to their faces. You know, they're not holding them at an arm's length anymore. They're actually holding them within, I'd say, 20 centimeters of their eyes. Um, and this, this is a clue that your children may need to go and visit an optometrist. So depth perception is a very important part of the visual system, being able to judge how far away something is um, and being able to track being able to track um, is important. So here's an interesting thing. Both my children actually landed up in glasses for about a year, and that was somewhere between five and seven years of age. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to see a lot more children younger than that landing up in therapy. And one of the things that the optometrist taught me to do and uh, is, is little exercises that any parent can do right now. Um, and we had a little uh, letter opener with a little uh, rooster on the end of it. So I used this, um, you know, as the visual prompt. And you need to get children to track smoothly from left to right. So take anything that's bright and cheerful and slowly move it across in front of your children at about 30 centimeters away from the head and watch that their eyes are moving from left to right, not their heads moving from left to right. And then you can also do circular movements to see if your children can move their eyes up and down and around but not moving their head. And that will show you whether they have a visual tracking issue. But if you do that every day, just for 30 seconds, you will be doing your child a huge favor in terms of strengthening that visual system. Nikki, before we say goodbye, um, I've got a question here from a listener asking, um, what should I do differently or be cautious about for a left-handed preschooler um, to, uh, in order to get adequate stimulation? <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the world of, of lefties is quite a fascinating world. Um, question there from a concerned parent. Right. So the first thing is that being left-handed is not wrong and it's not a problem. Yeah. So we need to make sure we establish that very, very quickly. Secondly, for things like scissors and cutting, you can find left-handed scissors. So go into your local stationery store and ask for left-handed scissors. 
And I think, I know we've run out of time, but let's pick up on low muscle tone and how about left-handedness and low muscle tone next week where we can explore this topic in more detail. But the biggest thing with a lefty is not to make it wrong. Mm, absolutely. Not to make it wrong. And as you say, the right tools um, whenever you can, like those scissors, etc., are really, really key in part of, you know, that messaging that there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> it's just fact, design. That's it. In fact, left-handed children are often very, very creative. Yeah. So look for the gifts in this. And um, I think what's tricky as a parent is that you might be right-handed. So it actually is your brain is having to recalibrate to deal with your left-handed child. All right. Nikki Bush, thank you so much. We'll leave it right there for this week. But, of course, I promise to continue the conversation on left-handed, um, on uh, the, the life the, of a left-handed person and how to adequately stimulate uh, a lefty child and, of course, low muscle tone. And, of course, you can find all the details about conversation on NikkiBush.com.